these are things that limits them from marketing to people. And instead they just go with, okay, we have Christmas coming. We have this offer. We have these people that we've known from before. They're, we're gonna buy this list because they're gonna give us a good deal and boom. And, and then that just kills me because it's 2020, we're about 2021. We need to do better. We need to do this much better. You gotta know your consumer. That's the bottom line of all this. We are in a heavily consumer-driven world and marketing should be good for consumers to enjoy consuming. The customer doesn't think of that relationship in terms of marketing or sales or service. They think of it in terms of, I have agreed to have a relationship with this company. Now it's thinking more about customer journey analytics with all of the devices and what, what were you doing at that point in time on that device and what did that make or influence your, your next step, your next decision in digital? Many of these products are so diverse in its customer base and you have to account for the diversity of the customer. The only way to really do that is having a diverse team building it. And so when you have a voracious appetite on the side of consumers to consume, there is, I believe, an inherent reciprocation for marketing to provide. Look at us, episode three. So today we, we're talking around uh, marketing for people and not devices. We have uh, a great guest from Travel and Hospitality. So I'm super excited for this. I think you and I, we always talk about this and I think it's time for us to get this into an episode. Ready for this? Absolutely ready for this. I have a lot of stored up energy about this topic and let me explain why. I actually think there's a lot going on here. I don't like to use the word unpack, but I'm going to use it in this situation. There's a lot to unpack when you talk about this topic of marketing for people and not devices in digital, because what you need to get into is privacy concerns, cookie compliance, GDPR, CCPA, all of that stuff is related to marketing to people and not devices in this topic. Um, we start with the ideal of, we, sh we think marketers should, should think about the people on the other side of their marketing. Uh, and they should, they should you know, design experiences that are empathetic with the, with the customer in mind. Like we have all these ideals, which are great. And, and a lot of this episode will be talking about that. But I think you, you can't talk about that without also realizing the, the pull that's happening with data privacy concerns and tracking and cookie compliance uh, and this, this, this movement towards eliminating cookies and eliminating tracking because they're dichotomous uh, topics. You, you can't have smart, efficient digital experiences without doing some tracking. Uh, we've got to talk about that. So, so let's start this in a way where uh, obviously uh, we, we're hoping that a lot of marketers are listening to this, but I'm also, I know there is a lot of people listening to this who are new to the marketing space. And I want to I want to explain a little bit what we mean with devices versus uh, people, right? So uh, the idea here is as we design campaigns, let's say you, we are we're in the Christmas season now, uh, there's all these campaigns. I think I got so many emails of deals, 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 deals. Um, now, when we say uh, marketers are marketing for a device, uh, they're marketing for a device and a channel, meaning uh, the message is specific to, and the format of the message, to where you're opening this message uh, or, or this campaign. Is it happening on uh, a TV? Is it happening on a computer? Is it happening on your phone? Is it happening uh, in an ad that is within uh, Hulu? Or So there's different places, different devices that marketers are able to reach you and market to you. The, the problem that we have seen, and this is why we start saying, well, marketers need to be in touch with humane things, is that when you are just showing me something over and over and over and again, and hoping that, hey, Jerry, it's time, look, you saw this here, you saw this there, I think you want this, that is just, I feel like it is the worst type of marketing. You know, one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast was to encourage 
marketers to do better. And I really believe in digital marketing, we can do better. And in that uh, requires, I think, some more work. I think, I think marketers need to work harder uh, or smarter, perhaps smarter rather than harder, to, to know their consumers better, to know the people that they're communicating with better. Um, and that takes more effort, uh, more effort in, in data work, more effort in cleansing that data, more effort in campaign planning, more effort in, in multi-channel uh, planning. Um, and I think all of that is necessary. Uh, one of the things I love about digital marketing is kind of the matrix complexity of how you can interact and communicate with people through different devices. And I, I know we struggle with identifying people across multiple devices, but we we should do that better. Let's figure that out. And that's why I think it's it's we're going to have this challenge as we move further into uh, data privacy and and uh, you know, cookies going away. And um, that is going to be this, uh, this, this dichotomous pull against what I think consumers want, which are smarter experiences across devices. And I think actually that is going to help. The consumers are going to help um, us, us overcome this challenge of not being able to track people. Um, because I think consumers have a, have a reciprocal appreciation for marketing because they are consumers. We are in a heavily consumer driven world. Um, and, and, and I think there's an inherent uh, sense within that on the consumer side that marketing needs to exist and marketing should be good for consumers to, to, to enjoy consuming. And so when you have a voracious appetite on the side of consumers to consume, there is, I believe, an inherent reciprocation for marketing to provide. And if marketing is going to provide, uh, marketing is going to need data and tracking um, and to become better at uh, understanding uh, these people across devices. I couldn't agree more. And I think um, part of the reason that um, we are concerned is that there is there's things happening where like the laws that we we're seeing when it comes to the privacy laws that have become so much more important right now, there's a reason for them happening. There's a yes. reason where people have lost uh, confidence in, Absolutely. in how people market, right? Yes. So when you hear things as I feel that Facebook is listening to me and giving me an ad, um, I, I want to be honest, like I was one of the first people who said, no way. Why right. would Facebook ever want to do something like this? And let me just and we're not, let me jump yeah. in and say, it's probably because you don't trust. Marketers need to gain trust. They need to be more responsible. Well, they need to be more in touch with the people, right? Like, and I feel this is the part where as marketers, like I, I talk with marketers across so many different lines of business. And, and they're always in this guessing game. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. hey, we want to market this new credit card. So we're going to pull the list of people who uh, have this credit score or who have um, had opened this account with us and then target them with this message. Yes, okay, this has always been the way that we did things before. And this is, in a way, it's a data-driven um, data driven type of tactic. But... Are we listening to what people want? Like, I, it, instead of us guessing, hey, this is what I think that person or these people are, can we create a, a relationship with our customers where we can, we can allow them to tell us this is what they're interested in, not just push something yeah. on them, especially when it is, um, you know, a purchase or it's a financial uh, commitment. I feel that marketers need to get in more get in touch more with their consumers mm -hmm. and listen more mm -hmm. listen more on everything they're saying if a consumer is yeah. continuously or if there is a, a trend of people complaining about shipping um where everything is late or complaining about um the 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 products are mm -hmm. not being yeah. as good enough marketer needs to take that into consideration yeah. i don't think they do 
so there's something really interesting going on here that I that I I I, I hope more marketers and more companies realize, and and that, and that is we're moving into customer experience is cross org, it's cross company, and and in that is a relationship that the consumer customer has with the company. And within that, the customer doesn't think of that relationship in terms of marketing or sales or service. They think of it in terms of, I have agreed to have a relationship with this company and I'm going to, I'm going to interact with them. I'm going to buy things from them. I'm going to use their products and or services. I may need to contact them for help or answers. Um, and, and they don't, they don't think of it in terms of the functional breakdown of traditional business, uh, org. They just think of it as I'm going to do something with this company because I, I need their product. I like their product. I trust them. Um, and I want to have this company in my life in some way. And from the company perspective, companies need to stop seeing things in terms of functional silos, sales, service, marketing, um, and just recognize that really, all of that gets jumbled into a, a, a mass that has less walls between functions. And it's just customer experience, whether it's sales, marketing, service, um, it's all related to the experience that the customer is going to have with that company. And digital plays a huge role in that. And I think that's a big shift um, from, from, how we did things in the in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to today. And it's almost like we need to start thinking about, you know, digital native marketing or, or digital native experience within within how businesses go to market for their consumers. As, as things were done before, I don't think these still work till today. Like there needs to be a shift by not making them more, but making them more thoughtful. And, and more understanding. So when we are designing a campaign, like let's take an example. Was it last year or the year before? Maybe it was last year on Christmas. Peloton uh, created a campaign about uh, a couple and the wife, uh, I don't know, she was not working out and the husband got her a Peloton and she was like on social media. She's into it. She's loving it. And that campaign got so much backslash. Like people hated so much in Peloton saying like, you are just making people feel bad about working out. And, and, and that campaign, put it now. Like Peloton right now is one of the strongest like products. I bought a Peloton. I, 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 I never thought in my life I bought one. I gotta, and, so I'm and, gonna I'm gonna tell you um, I give Peloton credit for that I I thought that was a great ad and and why it was great was I think the inverse of of why people were so upset about it and yes I see the perspective of being upset that the guy assumed that his wife needed to work out uh, to, you know uh, but the magic of that ad was the net result from the wife's perspective it changed her, her, herself. She, she was working out. She, she was, she was feeling great. She was vibrant. I, I think the wife loved the results of the gift of Peloton. And I think that's the point of the ad. Yeah. But, but that's at the same time, if you, if you really want to think about it, and this is really hard because this is very complex. This is one of the most complex, I would say situations. Um, you don't know what the wife is going through. You cannot just assume that, working out is going to make her happy, right? And and that that is a lot of people what they took as don't be the the person who can know what other people need and just just push a product on them. Listen, I, I don't think Peloton could have predicted that this is the outcome. But what my point to that is that campaign in my opinion failed because it it generated some backslash and people both I think it, it succeeded for that. By the way, February 2020 Peloton stock was 20 bucks. The other day it it was 120. But Peloton did not go up because of that campaign. Peloton went up because of pandemic. Uh, right? I think it I, I think the campaign was successful. So there's that campaign end of 2019. Um, some people think the campaign was effective. Many others, you know, were offended by it and created a whole lot of conversation about it. 
a whole lot more people went into winter 2019 pre-pandemic with Peloton on their mind because of what they saw because of that ad. And then the pandemic comes along, everyone goes home and Peloton booms. I, I, I'm, I disagree with you. I don't. So if you're, what you're saying is because seeing that ad in 2019, then when the, the pandemic hit, people remembered Peloton. Maybe we, I, I find that really hard to measure, right? Because Peloton has been around for a very long time, right? Well, you see it. You can also say, if you were going to talk attribution, you can say people see it in the, in the mall. They, Peloton had, had stores in the mall. They were so big on Instagram. Maybe that ad, the TV ad, got them more exposure and it was, there was a com- like mixed feelings and that helped in later. Maybe, maybe. I, I, it's hard for me to predict. I think, but the, when I'm st- I think mm-hmm. the, the ad might have been even a happy accident in terms of what I think are the successful results. And, and the successful results, in my mind, are how the ad spoke to that person inside of all of us who actually wants the feeling that you get when you exercise, the feeling that you get when you improve your fitness. You're going through it now. You're running. You're running now. You're feeling that now. Don't you feel great running and exercising on a regular basis? I love it. You love it. I love it. And that's what I think that ad hit. It hit that inside all of us, that, that, that drive to actually be the person who improves their physical fitness and therefore their, their mindset and, and their energy and all of that stuff. Alex, in your thoughts, like I, I, we brought up Peloton, we talked about it, and I think it's kind of interesting maybe to, to relate to some of these products or companies who have or have not done marketing properly. Uh, what, what's your thoughts about some other uh, companies out there who might have really struck you as, hey, though this is a brand that gets me. This is a brand that is doing marketing uh, in a way that is in touch with me. Or this is a brand who is completely clueless to, to who I am and is really marketing. And we don't have to say exactly who the brand, but like an example of an experience, I think could be, could be interesting to, to share here. So I'm going to say Subaru. Um, and I'm going to jump to what I want to talk about, which is you got to know your consumer. That's the, the bottom line of all this is know your consumer as a brand. Know that consumer. Um, and, and you can use traditional marketing techniques. You can use new digital first marketing techniques. You can, you can do better with your data. You can do better with integrating your communication campaigns, your content, all of that. You can do all of that well. Um, but it all comes down to knowing your consumer, um, it, it, knowing the market, knowing the people, knowing within all, your consumer base, the segments that they break down into because so, you know, even so Subaru, um, th- they've got a lot of different consumer segments, but they know overall the, the people that that they're marketing to, the people whom want to be Subaru consumers. Um, and it's, it's like many, so many other brands, uh, some of whom we've spoken about, like Nike and Peloton. I, they understand their consumers. Um, and it ties back to what I think are solid values of go-to-market within a, within a company, of understanding the product that they have for the consumers that they're going after, the market that they're trying to serve. They, they get that. And I'm sure they feel imperfect about their understanding of it, but boy, they figured it out pretty well and they've made a good product. They've come up with a good go-to-market plan and because they understand their people and they're trying to give those people a product or a service that generates value for both the consumer and the company, because that's the way the relationship works. Companies don't exist without revenue coming in and, and consumers don't fall in love with a brand without great products that they need to purchase and consume. That's the reciprocation of, of revenue value between consumer and company. And it all ties back to consumers want a great product and, and companies who can figure out whom their consumers are and what the best product is for those consumers and then deliver that and then come up with all of the marketing and communications and service and sales and integration and data and content that makes all of that happen successfully, that's the winning formula. And I think I think some companies do it really well. Um, I, I talk about Subaru. I'm a Subaru consumer. And so yeah, what do you think Subaru did? Like what, what is well, it? Well, they're imperfect. I'll that? tell you that right now. They're imperfect, and um, but, but they generally 
understand whom their consumers are uh, and they build a good product. It always starts with product, right? We always start with great product. If you don't have a great product, nothing else is going to matter as you go to market. You've got to have a great product. So you start with a great product, but how do you have a great product? Well, you need to know your consumers. When Subaru builds a great car or designs a great car and then builds a, a great car, it's they start by thinking about the consumer. Well, what do we need to do for the consumer? Well, our consumer is going to want, in the case of a Subaru, uh, a car that can go off-road and, and take them into the mountains to go hiking, a car that that they can put their dog in the back uh, because Subaru knows that their their owners are often uh, – dog owners. Um, they know that their owners often like to go do outdoor things. You see that in their marketing. They, they market as an outdoorish brand. They, they market themselves as a quality, well-built vehicle for people who like to go into the mountains and go hiking with their dog. They know that. And they build cars for people like that. And, and they market to people like that. And, and I'll tell you, as a consumer receiving marketing from uh, Subaru, I can tell that they're trying to communicate to me in a way that draws out in me those sentiments that would make me want to be a consumer of their product. Meaning, they, they're trying to draw out in me the realization that I like to go hiking, because I do. I am a dog owner, and I like to have a, a, a car that can help me go into the mountains to go hiking with my dog. Uh, they've figured that all out, and it all starts with knowing your consumer. So how are they connecting with you? So. Uh, like, are they are they sending you emails? Are they uh, sending you uh, mail to the house? Like, how how do you feel? And I'm assuming today you are a car owner, a Subaru car owner. Um, mm. But like, the reason I'm asking is because I'm interested in buying a car. Um, I've been interested for a while. I want to get um, an SUV. I want to get a, a Forerunner because I have a I have a soft spot for Forerunners from back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I went a couple months ago researching the heck out of them. Every type, every brand. Guy, YouTube is amazing because the, there's there's a bunch of people that just go in and show you every car. And went on Forerunner on Toyota's website. I, I looked up all the, the models, the 2019, the 2020, the 2021. And I stopped. And not a single email, which is great. Not a single ad. No follow-up nothing. Um, and it died, right? So in a way, yes, I don't want them to harass me. But like, if I showed so much interest, and maybe I'm doing it so well where they cannot track me because I am an incognito or, or something. But like, there's no way for you to just be like, hey, Jerry did not fit any segment that he is in car intent? Or is the car cycle so long? Am I the anomaly here? Because I am disappointed. Like I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm like I wanted to buy this car before end of the year. So here we are, December. I still have not even looked at one. I don't know if this is going to happen. Um, I'm I am disappointed that Toyota has not figured out that I am looking for a car. And I'll tell you the inverse of that. Um, uh, my wife and I have been considering a, a new Subaru, and my experience was exactly the opposite. Um, we started to do some online research, uh, and all of a sudden, ads started to show up on the Apple TV, um, and they were they were ads that were interestingly targeted towards current owners of a Subaru mm. who might be considering a new one. The, the ad really had that type of message in it. I was really surprised. And I I, and I immediately was struck by the, the the time delay. It had only been a few weeks from, you know, doing some research on, on Subaru.com. Um, uh, uh, and, and then that ad showed up on Apple TV. And I, I couldn't help but realize, and, and remember, I've been doing digital marketing for 23 years and, and, and I, realized they must have put something together. It just, it was too strong of a coincidence. Um, and then the direct mail piece showed up uh, mm -hmm. this week. Um, uh, actually, we've had a couple of direct mail pieces. So credit to Subaru. They, they, there's definitely integrated marketing going on there. There's definitely data connectivity going on there. They, they, they realized I was researching a new vehicle on a website. They may have realized that I'm a current owner. They Actually, they did realize I'm a current owner, and they know that. Um, they, they got to the point of actually delivering me a digital uh, uh, video ad through an Apple TV. Um, 
And then they followed it up with some traditional uh, print mailing, which I still appreciate getting. Um, uh, from yeah, especially when you are you're that far down. F- yeah. you know you're for, far down the funnel, right? Because you're you're not anymore like oh I'm I have no idea who this brand is. Like they mm-hmm. should know that even even if it's not you, but they should know that in that zip code there is certain amount of Subaru owners, right? Like they should know that. Yeah. And if they are seeing traffic coming into their site and doing research, then they should say, like, I don't know if it is exactly Alex or it is his neighbor, but you know what? Let's let's put them on on a list to to target them and let's see. Um, and I feel I feel that given given that I work with so many clients where they are trying to do things like this, but they struggle in the basics of even connecting someone mm. across these channels. I can see why, for example, Toyota is struggling with this, uh, with me, right? Because, okay, I looked at, uh, on YouTube, I looked at some websites, forums on their website. Um, So these are, you might not be able to connect me across all of them, but if you are a brand that are able to to connect with these publishers and and able to track someone of of seeing that they are doing these things, there should be enough information to co- to bring a, a pseudo uh, anonymous uh, idea that hey, this person who mm-hmm. lives in DC mm-hmm. um, who might be fitting you know index them against their party data might be driving today a German car. Uh, it, they might have their household of one car looking to do get two cars mm-hmm. because of a pandemic as well, because now that cars, we're using them more than ever. So I feel that these are things that clients are struggling with that limits them from marketing to people. And instead they just go with, okay, we have Christmas coming. We yep. have this offer. Absolutely. We have these people that we've known from before. They're, we're going to buy this list because they're going to give us a good deal. And boom. And and then that just kills me because it's 2020. We're about 2021. We need to do better. Yeah. We need to do this much better. You know, we talked about this in the last episode about goal setting. Um, if you put your mind to it, if you really are committed to doing something, no matter how hard it is, you can do it. And I think that's what you need to do as an organization with with effective, integrated marketing and consumer experiences across the board, like what we talk about with Subaru. It takes a lot of effort from the the client company, in this case, Subaru, and their agencies, in, in the case of Subaru, uh, Carmichael Lynch uh, in Minneapolis. I, I've been there and met the people there that, that uh, work on Subaru. They're phenomenal people. Um, a shout out to them. You guys... It, outstanding at what they do for Subaru, but it's a, it's a, it's a relationship with, with Subaru, um, uh, between the agency and the brand that make those consumer experiences um, in, in, in the case of what I described happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and it takes a team of people at a place like Carmichael Lynch, whom are into data, whom are into living what it is that the Subaru consumers want uh, out of Subaru. Um, They they live that. Um, They make those beautiful ads uh, because they are trying to share the right messaging to the consumers because they've figured out who the consumers are and what those consumers want to see. And then they make good content. Uh, I don't know if you've remember the, the, the dog um, mm-hmm. commercials with Subaru. They were awesome. They were so heartwarming and, and funny and lovable about the dogs driving the Subarus, right? Well, mm-hmm. that, look at the I like the one when they have the old car and they get the new car, like as the kids grow. It's cute. It's cute. It's, cute. I, it's brilliant. I, and and yeah. think of the lineage there that starts with knowing the consumer. Yeah. They they know that Subaru consumers love dogs and and, and in most cases Subaru consumers are dog owners. So they made yep. these ads. Um it's just brilliant. Um and that doesn't just happen when you've got a few people in a complex organization. Um and and complex organization I mean client company and the agencies and the partners that are all involved. That's the complexity of it. That doesn't happen unless everyone is in in kind of lockstep about the purpose of the brand, the purpose of the marketing, uh, the knowing the consumers and working their 
butts off to have the data, to do the content, to do the integrations, to deliver a lot of different things that in the end, you know, produce good content for people to consume, that people enjoy, that produces effective marketing, that give good experiences. Um, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of people, but I believe it's doable when, when organizations have the right goals, as we talked about in previous episode, and they're committed to achieving them. You can go and bring a whole bunch of people together and, and get them all aligned on doing the right things, working their tails off to produce great results. Um, it's possible. And I think Subaru and Carmichael Lynch are, are a great example of that. Amen to that. All right. Well, then let's actually shift the topic and bring our guest. I think uh, travel hospitality is going to be one of these things where we want to hear on how they create these experiences and market for people. Let's do it. Well, I'm very excited for our guest today. Uh, it's so, he's someone who I have known for, whoa, for over a decade, definitely over a decade. Uh, my first interaction with him was uh, back in the University of Delaware. At the time, he was a student of mine. But then over the years, he became a client of mine, and then we became really close friends. Uh, our kids played together from time to time. And we have some really interesting conversations when it comes to marketing. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited to have uh, Amin Sethi. Uh, Amin, um, how are you? And how about you introduce yourself to everyone? Thanks, Jerry. Uh, my name is Amin Sethi. I've been a digital product leader for um, almost 13 years now and really kind of kicked it off when I started uh, my own consulting company back in the day, Jerry, when we were both an undergrad at University of Delaware and uh, really was uh, at the forefront of helping customers out with and small businesses with um, understanding advertising and digital experiences as web was still new. The iPhone had just come out and really grown into um, working at other consulting companies, helping out uh, a lot of our telecom clients in mobile experiences and that really jump-started my career into thinking more about mobile digital marketing and mobile digital experiences um, throughout the past decade. And uh, now currently work at Marriott International, the hotel company, uh, with leading a lot of our digital products, including mobile apps. So I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for the intro. So, Amin, one question that comes to mind is about... When it comes to creating products, um, given that you are in the mobile space, you've created plenty of products for your current role and also in previous roles, um, how, how do you go about being in the shoes of the people? So at the end of the day, you are creating something for people, knowing that these people are going to use it and like it. I mean, that's a big risk to take. How, how do you go about thinking through that? Like, Walk, walk the listeners into your process of building these experiences for people rather than just an experience for web or for a device. Yeah, so great, great question. I, I think you really have to start off with d doing some interviews, understanding what you think your key target audiences are, but being very open to also uh, once you launch your product or, or um, some sort of concept and validate it that new audiences can come into appearance and new things that you may have not even known about. A great example was, I remember when I was starting to develop a new over-the-top um, set-top box for Marriott hotels where guests could, could stream Netflix and other types of apps. And we were always targeting the families who wanted to really expand onto the bigger screen with TVs in the hotel rather than on their mobile devices. But what was really interesting is we found out that a lot of our business consultants, we would see traffic spike on Thursday nights because all of the consultants were done for the week. They had to fly out the next day and they just wanted to kick back and relax from a hard week. And we saw a huge spike in usage, not even thinking about that type of targeted audience. So I think it's really important to be very broad and in the beginning with who you may want to target, but who you may not even know about and see what happens because you may find out new use cases and new products and features that will, you would want to improve. So, so I, what I'm getting from here is that th this is a, 
there's a lot of analysis taking uh, taking place ahead of identifying the right product. What is what is the journey for something like this? Like how long does it take for for this for you to have valuable information to make a decision on, right? Like this is like for example that one that you just mentioned was that over a year, over months or this is hey, this was interesting showing up in the data. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always evolving and you're constantly looking for new data points and new analysis. And you never really know when that aha moment's going to happen, but you just got to keep digging for it. So there's not a set time period. I just think it's more of active analysis and active uh, evaluation of your product so that you can find out the, the next pivot that you may have to make at any given time. So when you feel, oh, sorry, Jerry. No, go ahead, please. I was going to say, in this episode, we, we've we've been kind of biasing towards the idea of, hey, let's not forget as marketers to pay attention to the people, uh, not get caught up in the tech or the devices of it. But you're really making me want to flip it around and ask you, when is it important to be thinking about people by their device and just accept that and go put together a solution that's that's you know designed around devices? Yeah. Uh, so. I think devices come really into play a lot of times as digital marketers and digital product, you know, experience makers. We're looking at the different touch points of your device and how that um, gets evolved into your life and into your journey of whatever you're doing. And so the devices matter a lot because you're never on one device, even though mobile, you know, is a large portion of most people's device consumption, digital consumption, uh, it's starting to fragment now into more IoT devices like uh, voice applications and voice devices or using, you know, like just the other day, I was able to figure out that my garage opener is now on Wi-Fi, you know, and being able to now take those and, and add that to the journey to figure out maybe there's something really interesting about this type of device that's being used and I need to optimize um, or think differently about the strategy of the person with mm. that device consumption that you right. weren't thinking about before. So it just becomes more important to look at. And are you thinking about people by their collection of devices? Because we all have many and, and you know, I guess I could be identified by my dozen different devices. Are, are you, mm -hmm. are you thinking about it that way? Definitely. I, you know, we've been in a, we've been thinking a lot in the past about, last touch attribution of where whatever device last made your booking or your purchase, you know, in many different industries, that's how it's been thought of. Now it's thinking more about customer journey analytics with all of the devices and what, what were you doing at that point in time on that device and what did that make or influence your, your next step, your next decision in digital. Mm. And so you have to look at it more at that perspective to see how can you influence whatever the, the conversion metric is that you're looking at. It's interesting because I'm now beginning to challenge attribution modeling and we put a lot of effort on last touch. But gosh, when we look at this model of defining a person by their dozen devices yeah. and how maybe, you know, 10 or 12 of those devices, maybe only six out of 12 are you know, actively participating in the person progressing down some kind of path that you want them to. Um, mm -hmm. And instead of just attributing, you know, to the final touch, you just recognize, gosh, they use six devices to get done what we wanted them to get done, which is what they wanted to get done. So, hey, it's, uh, you know, all the devices contributed. Yeah. And I think just going to keep fragmenting as we see more and more device types come mm -hmm. out. So, so if, if you're going to be giving, um, an advice for someone who is in the product world, who is developing products um, for a digital consumption, what would be some of some of these advices you would give them to keep in mind, given that you've been doing this 13 plus years? I, I would really think about, you know, the customer problems you're trying to solve. We talk about customer journey maps, think about an emotional journey map. I think that's a really interesting perspective to look at, especially if you're a B2C company that's trying to not just solve a problem, but also delight the customer. Um, there's there's some really interesting halo moments you can create to satisfy the customer and really delight them. And I'd also say, 
you know, the, the device consumption that you guys were mentioning becomes just even more important now, understanding how do they behave with whatever they're consuming today and how is that going to change over time throughout the new set of devices and new sets of technology that's coming out to see if you can make that product experience better. I mean, one, one thing I want, given that we're talking about this idea of product and experiences, and you mentioned this emotional aspect to it. Um, one thing that we, we always, we've been more conscious about lately is that not every product that gets implemented, we know, or it gets in, into, into the hands of the consumers, we know how exactly it's going to be used. We know what we intend it to be used for, but mm -hmm. in many cases, it it might not. So I'll take an example, such as Facebook. Facebook is a social uh, network program to connect people. Um, I, I'm Lebanese. My entire family is around the world. I live in the U.S. Facebook made it possible for me to connect with people, know what they're doing, how they're doing. But then, as we all aware, Facebook have turned into uh, turning a part of us to be like addicted to that social um, social uh, acceptance or validation where the reason we post or the reason we we use the the platform is to to feel better or mm -hmm. to paint a picture of who we are um, and this is you know as much as hard me and Alex always talk about Facebook and I go hard on Mark Zuckerberg for for not doing anything about it but it is it's not an easy problem to solve but how do you plan ahead when you're developing a product knowing that i mean how can you structure in a way to say let's be ethically aware of what are some of the things that we should put what are some of the the guardrails that need to be put in so that this doesn't get out of control and maybe that's going to mean that this product is not going to scale at the speed that my company wants it to scale. Uh, but at least we'll know that ethically this is being done in a way where we can contain it. Do, what's your thoughts on that? Um, and if you can answer this, I'm just going to say, pardon the, the interruption, Jerry. If you can answer this, Amin, there's a million dollar check waiting outside. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so many challenges that a product team is facing, and it's very hard to figure out what dimension is going to, you know, become a world issue like like the one that Facebook is dealing with today. But I think there are some things that you can do to prevent yourself from from stepping in, you know, into those muddy waters. One would be it. I think it's creating a more diverse team to really think through different different ways that your product may evolve before you might even know. Uh, and I think diversity is just so important to people's different perspectives, different religions, different backgrounds. Um, it's it's really creates a better melting pot of a product. Uh, for the customer experience because many of these products are so diverse in its customer base and you have to account for the diversity of the customer. The only way to really do that is having a diverse team building it. Uh, number two, I really think that we don't spend enough time on the what ifs. It's always how do you grow? And so you just find the best, easiest levers to pull to, to grow your product. And, uh, you know, even, even myself that, you know, I do that today. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and maybe think more about if I were to pull those levers, what would happen? What are the repercussions and, and question more about the different situations that you may get yourself into. This is great. $200,000 for that question. <laughs> You get a dollar. I'll send it to you. <laughs> That's great. No, it's been a great conversation. Amin, thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be a great episode. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, dude. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having um, me. And good luck with everything. And we'll, we'll be in touch soon. All right. Take care, guys. 
Okay, good vibes again. It's um, this week is it was really good. I, I want to give an update on my running since we uh, we started that conversation. So uh, we are less than a month away from hitting the end of the year, and I am in the top five, and I am close to 50 miles of running so far. So so I'm still able to walk and able to uh, to run. One of the my main good vibes, I had a really good week and my uh, my vibe that I wanna talk about is, and it's actually kind of related to running because uh, I, I yesterday when I went running, I put on, instead of putting on music, which I usually run to like some upbeat house or techno music, I put on um, an audiobook, which I never do, but it was an audiobook by the president, Barack Obama. Um, and it's his new book, or yeah, his new book uh, called Promised Land. And he wrote it right after he uh, finished his presidency. And it took him took him a while to, to really get it done. And actually it's volume one. So he had so much to write about that he is splitting into two books. And uh, the, the book itself wrapped up in August, 2020. So it's very much in, in context with what's going on, like in the preface he talks about that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle of uh, a new change of presidency or crazy, like between riots and, and racial injustice and such. And listening to him and I was running and listening, it just, it made me feel good. It made me feel good that you know, no one is perfect. I don't think Barack is is the the perfect president. He he's done his share of mistakes, but I love the guy. Um, and listening to him, uh, and I've listened to Michelle's book before, um, her book uh, that she has done, which I thought was remarkable. But listening to his book was uh, was so nice. I felt like I felt like I've hundred like hundred times better just listening to someone who has gone through leading a, com- a country like this and also highlighting why he loves this country. Like it gave me, it gave me more reasons to feel like I belong and I love this country. And and that was my good vibe for the week. That's a great vibe, man. I, I, I gotta tell you, uh, uh, President Obama is an inspiring, strong, incredible person. Uh, I, I was, I saw him speak uh, in person um, and he just blew me away about how empathetic and how he connected with so many people in the room. Uh, it's just he has an amazing selflessness in connecting with the people around him. Um, and every time I see examples of that, whether it's in person or in a video of him interacting and engaging with crowds or individual people, you can see how he just hones in mm-hmm. on that person immediately asks him, how are you doing? Great to see you. Uh, um, it's an amazing, quick, selfless connection that I think that he does so frequently, uh, which gives him th- this, this, this connection. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you were having all those moments with so many people, y- you collectively get stronger. You feel the warmth. You feel like, he cares. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to segue that into my, my good vibe uh, th- this week is, is uh, you know, I'm, I'm very much about finding strength of self um, and, and have being mindful, um, fi- finding, you know, your, your, your inner peace um, um, and finding that strength of self so that we can go forth in, in the world. But I realize, and this is my good vibe, um, that, that my strength of self, which I am, solely responsible for is is the result and collection of the strength given to me by those close to me like you and my wife and friends and family all of the good people who have participated in in my life actually are contributing to this foundation that i have in my mind of who i am and the strength that I can draw, the energy that I have to go forth in the day um, and try to be the best I can be for myself and for others, 
all of that is a collection of the contributions of the good people who have shared themselves with me. I am, I, I am not solely myself. I am a collection of us. Uh, and, and to me, that's the great vibe that really inspires me. And when I, when I look at what somebody like Barack Obama does, um, he, he's being strong, but he's doing it as a result of the people around him. Um, I, yeah, I, it's really nice that you're many, many of us actually know that and, and have that feeling, but for I don't know what reason, we don't say it enough. Um, maybe because we feel that it is weak to say that we we need that positive energy, we need that those people around us, close to us, to to help us throughout the day. Uh, and I, I couldn't agree more. We, we do need people. We need those folks around us, even the strongest people. Even if we look at Barack Obama being the president, uh, was the president for eight years, you listen to his story, you listen to the story from his wife's perspective, the challenges they went through are exactly the same challenges that you and I go through on a daily basis. Uh, whether his wife had to give up her career to let him go and do his, it's the same thing where in our household, where there has been so many times discussions on, we have a kid now, who do we do we continue working or do we one of us gives up their dream and and be there what's more important and and these mm-hmm. are the same struggles that other people have faced it's i, I want i appreciate you actually coming up and speaking about this and i want people to be more aware that your problems are are okay problems your struggles your happiness your these things everyone goes through them and and use you know tap into the network around you that that can always help you and be there for you because no one i find it very rare for someone to go through this world and and love it and enjoy it being alone you really need that support system and and in this times like this we need it more than ever Thank you so much for joining us. Very proud to be doing this podcast for all of our listeners. We hope you find this valuable. We hope you subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a review on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Music is by yours truly, JNH. Sound design and mixing is by Sir Hanks a lot. For more info, check us out at you might like this, that one.